secret. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marsha. And it's Thursday, which in in case some of you don't know, I have changed my show to Thursday. Don't know why, because since the pandemic, every day is the same, so it doesn't really matter. But it's on Thursday. Okay, we got a great show today. Uh, Catherine Lane is on, and she's been on before. And we're going to talk a lot about writing this time because she's really an expert at it and marketing. But uh, a little bit about the show's coming up, so I don't forget that. I have a lot of different shows coming up um, on self-esteem and comforting yourself at this time because a lot of people are, you know, at home a lot and really having a hard time. But it's not going to be depressing shows. It's going to bring, you know, bring yourself out of it and how to even write when you're not feeling like writing. So those are some of the things we're going to cover. You know, entertainment, I'm going to have some of those shows again because everybody is watching a lot of TV, and that is uh, the big deal because everybody is. So we're going to try to – I think I'm going to have some shows with guests that will talk about a few things, and then maybe we'll narrow it down coming up, in the, you know, in the spring and summer of – you know, like we did with Handmaid's Tale. Uh, some of the guests that we'll have on, Jack well, Jack Remick will be on again, and Eleanor Parker will be on, uh, Jennifer O'Connor, Chris Carlson, and let's see, Bonnie Trackenberg, who has not been on in a long time. I think she was on with me, um, World of Ink, or it might have been, actually it might have been when I was on Red River. So it was a long time, but she'll be on. Uh, Kristen Lindsay Hagen will be on with me again, and we'll be talking about with her on some of this abuse and foster children and comforting, things like that. And a new author to me is Danielle Lincoln. Um, let's see, uh, Danielle Lincoln Hannah. She will be on uh, in March. And let's see what we've got. Oh yeah, Dick Belsky and Vincent Zandri will be on a special fun show, uh, talking about men that cook. And Fran Lewis is going to co-host with me on that show. So that should be quite interesting. Uh, A lot of guys um, do cook, so I think uh, Fran and I do not like to cook, so I decided this would be a fun show. So we'll hear what they have to say. So those are the shows coming up. Uh, Today's show, I'm going to let Catherine tell you a little bit about herself. Um, I featured her also in the EYS magazine empowerment of women and um it was a great story so uh i will probably put that link out later on i don't think i put that link in but she's got a she really has is a lot of she does a lot of marketing which is important but she also has beautiful covers on her books and she really 
does it right. And I'm going to let her tell you about that, so then we'll talk about it. Catherine, how are you? I'm so glad you're I'm on. doing great, Marsha. Thank you so much it's for the wonderful while, introduction. <laughs> and you it's have so always much so much on. fun to be on your program. There's okay, something good. very special about it. And, and I guess that's oh, because you. you're very special because oh, I'm thinking, you. okay, as I'm saying that, what is it that makes this special? But you cover such a um, number of topics and you have such, yes. such variety of guests. It is just amazing. And uh, yes, as you're projecting yes. forward, it's interesting too. I think I, I just have to put some of them on my calendar. I watch yes, some I'll of put them, them out. The yeah, I do put sometimes. them out, but I just usually I don't say everybody at once, but I think I should because, you know, sometimes I uh, forget about that. And, you know, the marketing part of which we'll talk about later, is really difficult, you know, and I'm trying to market the shows along with myself, but I've decided to market my shows more than my books. But um, you you haven't done this your whole life. You had you were an executive, and you run That's your right. business of writing like a business. And well, so I was an executive of Johnson & Johnson. Yes. I'm sorry, Marsha. Yes. No, that's why I wanted to say. Yes, you I was, Good. Uh, you're going to start there. Good. Okay. Okay, I, well, I can start with Johnson & Johnson. I was an executive yeah. for 20 years with J&J, wonderful company. And um, then one day I thought I just have to do something that I think uh, I'd be happier at. I had traveled the world. I had uh, They had been wonderful to me. I'd been promoted to a very high level. My friends were amazed. They said, you've gotten to a place where you're earning good money. Why are you leaving? And I said, mm. because money isn't everything. You have other things in life, and there are other things I want to accomplish, and I wanted to write. <laughs> yeah. So I basically went from earning a lot of money to earning almost nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, <laughs> this is but I started this having a, a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but thank and goodness you are writing, you think, <laughs> because you've given a lot of yourself in your books. Yes, yes, and I am. I truly love what I'm doing, and of course, I have a very good partner in life, my husband Bob Hurt. Um, when I say in life, we've only been married for eight years. It's a, a second marriage for both of us, but he's very much part of my writing team. He doesn't do any of the writing. He helps me with the marketing, and he does all the back office um, information, and of course, he keeps the books and that sort of thing. And he always handles my schedule. So I have a lot of uh, different engagements. I've done a lot of um, Zoom conferences and things like that, and or Zoom talks. And then I'm starting now to give uh, in-person talks again because uh, some people have felt that they um, have either already had COVID, they're fully immunized, and they are venturing out carefully, but venturing yeah. out to um, to groups, and um, I did one last week that was fabulous. But let me go back a little bit to Johnson & Johnson because I write, um, my protagonist, Nikki Garcia, goes to various countries to solve different kinds of cases. She's a private detective. And if it had not been for my career with Johnson & Johnson, I would never have been to 94 countries around the world. So wow, basically, Marsha, what I I'm saying. Traveled, but that's wow, <laughs> that's traveling. I could do Ooh. 94 novels, all set in different yes, places. Yes, you could. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not the goal. The goal is to write good novels and uh, right. and entertain uh, my readers. But uh, you know, that's one of the things you wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about setting. 
and yes, I that's, 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 that's hard for everybody. That's a lot of people find that very difficult. But like you're saying now, I mean, I didn't know you were that. You know, you went to that many countries because then it is interesting. You know, I mean, because when you're hands-on, naturally, it's a lot better. So, where, like people, where do you start when you want? Because you have, you know, a character already. But like you're saying, you could do that, and you possibly could do that in a lot of different countries. You know, if you keep going with your books. Yes, I could keep going. And I'm I'm bringing Nikki back to the U.S. now. Uh, my book that's coming out. Um, in February, February 23rd, is uh, based in Miami and in Havana, Cuba. And that's a little bit closer to home because I think I need to sort of sprinkle her around and not just always have her. I mean, I'd love to have her in Istanbul. Um, I've been there. I love the city. I'd love to place her there. But um, unfortunately, um, travel right now is impossible. And when I write a book... Uh, I do want to revisit the location to make sure I have it right. So why do I do that? Because too many people travel these days, and if I get something really wrong about a location, then it, they're going to throw the book aside and say, oh, I can read something better than this, and they'll go find some, somebody else to read. So it is important to keep you know, everything in perspective and try to write about locations as well as I can. Uh, that's why I, setting is so important to me. But it's setting not just for the sake of setting. There are um, places that you can only write certain types of novels. And um, just to, um, you know, to mention a couple of other authors um, or other books, like Grapes of Wrath, that's an old book, but it yes. could not have happened anywhere else but the California Dust Bowl. Yeah. And then there's The Help, a book that I loved, a movie that I yeah. loved. Yeah. Yeah. And that couldn't yes, be I set anywhere else. It's, it's but worthwhile in watching it again. In the 1960s. I'm sorry? Yes. It's worthwhile watching that movie again. I just did Help. And it was better the yes. second time. It is. I read the book twice, and the book was better the second time. Yes. Um, yeah. I heard the author speak, and um, that was right it at is. the time that I was starting to, to write. And I was just blown away, not only by the writing, the book, the message, which I would call the theme. So all of those things are important. Uh, you know, if when you have a book, you have characters, you have to have a compelling plot, um, you have to have conflict, gripping conflict, and a theme. And increasingly, we need to have, especially in the genre that I'm in, which is mystery and mystery thrillers, is that we need to have some sort of satisfying resolution. That is, do the bad guys get punished, or do they walk off into the sunset? But well, we have to give well, uh, our readers yeah. some sort of resolution. But well, lately it doesn't, because me, sometimes the bad guys, bad guys get away. Years ago, you couldn't do that. But now, the bad <laughs> guys do sometimes go. They, they, they go on and on and on. And I watch a lot of those. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and uh, and some of those books can be fun. In my case, I always saw uh, eventually my bad guys eventually get you know punished in one way or another. So, getting back to setting, which is so important to me, um, there in my books, uh, waking up in Medellin was is the first one in the Nikki Garcia series. I placed in Medellin, Colombia, 
because there's a, a small drug connection in the in the plot and in the story, and it would have it was the perfect place to set it. So that's where I set it. And I had been to Medellin many times during my work with uh, Johnson and Johnson. I've been all over Colombia, so it was um, a good place for me to write about in my debut novel because. Um, I said it in a place that I was familiar with, that I really, uh, there are so many places in Colombia that are, that are wonderful. It has still, I think, a little, its reputation's a little bit tarnished from the days of, uh, of the large drug cartel that was there, Pablo Escobar. But it's a beautiful place with wonderful mountains, and, but there is that, that background of the um, drug cartels, and even though Nikki was not dealing with a drug cartel, she was dealing with a minor drug, illegal drug export. And she had gone down to investigate a company and found a whole lot more than she expected. <laughs> and then in yeah. my second book, in uh, Danger in the Coyote Zone, um, it is about a kidnapped child, and it is about um, Nikki's investigation of trying to find that kidnapped child and that was set in mexico because there is a lot of kidnapping in mexico that goes on and unfortunately and i wanted to bring attention to the fact that this was going on and fiction can fiction can help educate people about what's going on oh absolutely i think that's true i think that yeah it's right i think that's very true because i think a lot of people do learn things from reading fiction Yes, and then um, in when I do my um, settings, I also use a lot of inference to cultural influences such as education, social stand. Well, not so much social standing, but certainly uh, religious beliefs, food, all of those things that make up a culture, and how people react to those things. If they're local people, they will react one way. If they're foreigners they will react another way but in um, my third novel in the Nikki Garcia series uh, I placed Nikki in Barcelona Spain revenge in Barcelona and and North Africa there's a you know it's quite a diverse group of people in that novel because Barcelona itself is very is a very diverse city and has tons of history and while I don't write historical mystery novels I do include little bits of, you know, just little morsels of um, of the history, just to to make sure that people understand how um, the culture is as vibrant in Barcelona today because of all the people that have come through there, that have made Barcelona their home, that have previously even conquered peoples that have come in and conquered Spain, conquered Barcelona. So all of that makes for a very vibrant culture in Spain, and I try to convey that not only by describing things, but also by um, one of the um, characters thinking about something. And you can say, well, but that's the character. Well, it's a very subtle way to be able to um, cement a reader into a location by having one of the characters think about that location, you know, think about the right. culture or the customs. And that is a very nice way to um, 
to bring in Bringing a it. cultural yeah. setting without without it being right in your face. You know, we want to be subtle in many ways. We don't want the um, the reader to say, "Oh, well, they're just doing an information dump." You've got to weave it in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, that's so right, that's, because uh, you can't just write. And weaving is another thing, because, you know, you have to be accurate when you're doing this. You know, you you know when you say, if you're going in and out of the story, you know, and one part of your story is one way and another part is another, you can't do that, because people will realize that. You know, absolutely. it'll look like two different writers are writing it, and that's not Absolutely. <laughs> because that happens sometimes. You know that that yes. you know I, you just mentioned when we before this show about the fact that uh, you have to be accurate, but you know you can have there's a little leeway you know but if you're doing historical like I I've never written historical but I've had a lot of historical authors on and they that is an audience that if you are wrong that's bad okay so there's no leeway in that. You know, to there be wrong in no historical leeway. because they the people that read historical romance. Well, or any of the things like that that are historical, that has to be completely right. So, you know, a little bit that might not be accurate can fit, you know, in these stories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but in, but other, in example, historical, they're, yeah, in historical, they no, go get, ahead, you know, no, the historical people, because I, I know that is, that's why I've never really tried historical. Even though you do, you still, I'm sure, do research, right? I mean, even though you know it, you still do research. I do tons of research, Marcia, yeah. and I don't yeah. use 96% of it probably. But I do tons of research because I have to make sure I have my arms around the topic before yes. I can write about yeah. it. See, that's, that's really and smart. That's, I remember years ago I used to go to a, um, a class. And it was every it was a workshop. We didn't write, but we all these authors came, and you know, and they would. There was one time I asked somebody. We were just talking about something, and she had something about sumo wrestlers. I never will forget this. And she was talking about the fact that she read so much about it, even though she had only one or two lines, but she had to make sure that it fit in the right place and that she did it right, because exactly. Sometimes you need to read a lot to just get a few lines or a paragraph or two. You know, you that's that's the good thing about research. And the good thing now is with the Internet, you can do it at home. I used to go to the library and, like, take 20 books out at a time and just sit there and read everything, <laughs> you know, till I got what I wanted. Yes. Well, I use the Internet for research all the time, now, and then I yes. cross-reference. If it's something I need to make absolutely is correct, then I cross you know, I cross-check myself with other references to make sure that I have it right because there is nothing worse than getting something wrong. And it can be as simple even, for, yeah. you know, in my novels, it can be as simple as, for example, in Barcelona. If I had called one of the main avenues the Champs-Élysées, well, they would have known yeah. immediately that <laughs> that's not right. in Barcelona. Right. right. So, you know, even small things can sometimes... Um, push a reader away from your work because you just don't have the facts right. So it's becoming even more important for genre writers like me to have our facts right. And I yeah. have read books, and I set them aside. I think, oh, if the author couldn't research this, then why should I bother reading it? And that's coming from me who's an author. 
Yeah, right. No, no, which right. See, well, that's the other thing. You know, you also have a lot of people out there, unfortunately, that are reviewing books, and they let's say not you, but let's say they don't like somebody's book. They write, and they don't even finish it, and they write a review, and that's wrong because if they didn't finish it, then just leave it alone. You know, it might not be the type of book that they like, but don't do that to the author because that, you know, it it may not be true what they feel. That but is they just, so right, and that's horrible. That's one of the it things is. people really shouldn't do. And but we have all these people out there that are writing reviews, and. And some of them don't, maybe they read a chapter and they go, okay, I'm done with it. And then they write a review, of a bad review. They never read the whole book. <laughs> that, yeah, that's like that's the, a very good really point. Bad. It's, if it's someone reads my entire book and they really don't like it and there are specific things they don't like, I don't yeah. mind if they write a review and because if that's right. the only way I'm going to find out about yeah. it, yeah. Um, fine, go ahead and do that. But you're right. If someone is reading one of my books that that is a mystery genre, and they expect it to be historical fiction, right? Well, exactly. It's they're going to be disappointed because it's not. Yeah. what They should know that it's not. Right. Well, and and the other thing is, you know, the thing about Amazon is when you're, you know, sometimes they put you in a category that they chose for you. Sometimes, and then yes. you don't even belong in that category in what you're thinking, and so that and that's hard for people. This is hard for readers. You know, the way they do the categories is very bad. You know, I mean, it's because, and I think these people should think about this at Amazon because this upsets a reader that if they don't, if, like I say, it's a sweet romance, they do that, but then sometimes they really get upset if it's there's any sex in something or there's um, some a thriller that they don't, you know, that some they put something else in it, you know, and you, they add it on the keywords. And some of the words you may not pick yourself, but sometimes I've seen one of my books, I go like, how did it get in that category? And it's in there, and that, you can't get it out that of the category a lot. Yes, and when you contact, and of course you can go on and you can remove it from that category and put a, 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 another category in there, and then because, you know, what's online, what you can put in is two or three um, categories, and then behind the scenes they can add another seven yes. uh, for a total of and, ten. Now, and they used to happens, do it, but now you can't reach them that much. I did that for, you know, several years ago, but now it's very difficult to – they tell you, you have to, you know, they give you a form to do. You could send it in, and I'm not great on forms, I have to admit. It's not my best quality. So, you know, that's what happened, though, and then and then nothing happens. But I know what you're saying, because you can get in 10 categories. But if you've got to get yes. that person that will help you to do it. Exactly. And the other thing is that to get to those 10 categories, they may still... Excuse me. They may still put you in a category that you didn't ask for because they feel that you need to be in that category. So they're yep. a little arbitrary or very arbitrary at times. Yes, and it's it hard. Can be. It really is. And then the reader is upset. But it's not really us that are doing it as the authors. It's what Amazon did, you know. <laughs> and so you're on um, Kindle Unlimited. On are you on all of your books? I didn't. I know some of them are Kindle Unlimited, right? Yes, yes, because okay, so I have found that... that what, I was going to ask you I what can, you like about it. 
But what I like about it, it, the reason I go that route is because I can get into other countries. And I'm having uh, some success with the U.K., with Canada. Canada's a difficult yeah. market. It's as difficult as the yes, U.S. Yes, it is very difficult. The, the U.K. They want is a little bit... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and <laughs> I know that. the U.K. is a good market. Um, yes. Australia, as you know, um, yes. uh-huh. is, is also a, it's a good market, but it's a difficult market to break into because they have so many good authors now. Australia yes. has quite a number of excellent authors, some of whom, of course, have made it um, pretty well in the U.S. But um, I have uh, been able to sell in Australia. I've even sold through Kindle Unlimited in um, Japan. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I do very and well true. in my Kindle Unlimited. See, what I do is go back and forth. And so, I, you know, I, I give people advice a lot of times, but I don't take my own advice. But I go in and out, and I try a lot of different things. So I took my books off, and then I went into Smashwords again. And some people do very well on Smashwords. I don't. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe I don't work on it as much. But I, I you know, because Smashwords gets you all over. But I do agree with you about and for the foreign market, you know, to do that, you know. And I think most. I, I think it's a good market to go in, and but it does take time. You got to go in there and reset everything for that market. I mean, everybody. Yes. When you're on Amazon, you are there already, but you got to work it. You do, and the other thing is you have to know where your customers are and where they buy and what they Oops. want to buy and make sure that you know they are the ones that you're really writing for and where they buy their books because that's important. And for me, Amazon has worked very well. Yeah. I was broad distribution for a while, and I found that um, you know 95% of my sales were coming from Amazon, and right. it was just spreading me too thin to be in the broad market. So I'm on Amazon, and so far it's working well. That doesn't mean that occasionally I don't get frustrated, and my husband perhaps a little bit more because he handles that, you know, that back office yes. stuff, and he's, uh, he's the one that uh, uh, prepares the ads for Amazon. But, you know, I can um, put ads out in Spain. I cannot put them out in Mexico because Mexico apparently is not a big enough book market, which sounds amazing, but it isn't for Amazon to allow for advertising of um, of books on their websites. So I have to, but we put out ads in Canada and the UK, Australia, Japan, and, um, and Spain. And uh, Spain has worked very well for me. I only have one book in Spanish, but the English versions of the other books have also been selling quite well in Spain. And again, the well, I, I wanna, are you on Babbel? Are you on Babbel dot com or for the no. translation? Well, Babbel dot com. I'm actually on that because I had Chris Carlson, she'll be on, and Jennifer O'Connor. They, they, we were talking about that, and I didn't really know about that. And so I went on Babbel dot com, and you can put your book in if it's like an Amazon book, and if you put your book in there, and then somebody, you know, will pick your book, and then they do it for you in a foreign language, and it's. Um, you do not pay. They get the money. It's a, it's a share like ACX. Where well, you, you know, do I was books. going to ask you, because I've noticed that you have books in Spanish I now. Do. Um, some of, of the romance books that you have yes. are in Spanish. And, in fact, 
I was going to buy one on Sunday, and then something happened, and um, and and I got distracted, and I didn't do it. But well, I, I wish you would only for one reason is because it is difficult because you speak Spanish. <laughs> do not. Yes. Okay. And that was difficult, but there are ways now I know what to do where I can translate it again. They're really nice, the people that translate, and it takes some time because it's hard to translate. But um, you don't have to pay. But and I don't. You know, I don't really know. It's not that easy. You know, I haven't done it in the paperback, but it's just they're on ebooks. But all the people that, that I've had that have done the children's books, and they, they're very nice to work with. You can, you know, you talk back and forth with them if they have a problem. And I, it was difficult for me at the beginning, but I got it. But I think Babbel.com is a way for you because you will understand it a lot better than I. And so yes. I think when you – so. And I had somebody do a book in French. It, it was It's difficult <laughs> to try to make sure what they're saying is right, you know. Yes, and the true. words that's aren't true, the same. Marcia. You know, the words even no. the, on the cover are not the same. But And the other thing is you, have to, you also have to have your cover done in the, with the title. It, you know, you can't. And your only thing that stays me is my name. Their name is not on the book. As translator, yes. nothing, you know. But my name is. But um, you have to do everything. The tag words, every they do that also. They do that for. It's a pretty good service. So Babel. dot com. And I well, think I'm going to have to look know, into that. I you would not be great of it. You you will do fabulous in there. Wait, well, thank you, Marsha, for the tip. I will definitely check into it because I would love to have my others. Translation is very expensive when you're, you know, paying for it. And, this um, you're not. It you're is. Not. And it, it is, is very, horrible. It's I mean, hard. It's very hard. It is very hard. difficult. Very. And what makes and it I didn't difficult is, yes, Go what ahead. makes it difficult oftentimes is to capture the full meaning of what's being said in the original language and putting it into the other language and not lose the meaning. In other words, you don't want necessarily a literal translation. I know that. The meaning exactly. can be lost. <laughs> And that is very true. I learned that. But the people that I, all of the people that took on any of my projects, they've been very nice. And because I, it was, it was, I, like I said, following directions, I must have had some issues when I was a child. Because I'm very fast going and I read, I'm like, and you need to know. So after I do it wrong, then I realize, then I go back and read it how to do it. And then I go backwards, <laughs> but it worked out. But there, it's really, it's it's a good thing to have, and especially if you're in the foreign market. I, you know, this is the other thing: the marketing of all of this is so time-consuming that people are. It's overwhelming to people. So, which is why they don't do a lot of things. You know, especially if they're independently published. And if you have a, a traditional publisher, they they don't do all these things for you either anymore. So everybody's kind of on the same playing field here. You know, it's hard. No matter which way you go. It is hard. But you have a meeting and you're with your right. staff. I want you to tell everybody about your staff, that you have a meeting and you actually treat this like a business, which is very impressive. So tell everybody a little bit about that, because that is fabulous. Well, I had been with a traditional publisher, 
and um, it was not working really well. We learned a lot of things while we were with him, mm-hmm. right. uh, so I'm not, you know, from that standpoint, I'm not uh, complaining, but right. we reached a point that we thought we could do better ourselves, and we are. Yeah. We're doing much better yeah. by ourselves, yeah. and my husband and I, of course, talked it over, and we had decided to go that route before COVID started, and I'm glad we yeah. started before COVID, and then um, I had to uh, go back to the books and have the book covers redesigned and everything because, of course, I couldn't bring on the, the book covers that the publisher had had because that was his property, not mine. And so during COVID, the first year of COVID, I was up in Angel Fire, and we were doing tons of rework you know, on things like that and then figuring out how we were going to market, and then we decided to take a couple of courses in marketing because we really wanted to go after it. Now, I had been a finance person. My husband had been um, in several, well, he had been, first of all, he was a colonel in the Army, but then after that he was with energy companies. So neither one of us had a really solid marketing background, but we knew the, the basics. And we just continued, and continue to this day to improve our marketing. But that meeting. So where, where every, do you market though? Where where are some of your ideas where people can go to market your, their books? We, we talk about it all the time. Well, but like, on like Amazon, we market on Amazon. But then, mm-hmm. that's the primary place that we market. And then, but that is not an easy thing to do, because in, right. in, in order to market on it. Um, I mean, you can go in and you can start marketing and you can put in, let's say, uh, you can do a sponsored ad or you can do keywords. And people can go in there and do it fairly easily. The key to doing it successfully, if you're doing keywords, which is putting words out there associated with your book and with your categories, that we've already right. discussed, obviously. Which is also tag words. To get to drive people to your books so that when they're looking for crime fiction or international crime fiction or, um, you know, let's call it kidnapping, let's call it, you know, any you of those. You come in. Yeah, you come up. Then, right. Yes, that your books come up. And in order to do that, you just have to be constantly out there on Amazon. And it is a whole, I mean, my husband and I took a whole course on it because it yeah. was just too complex. And that's where we that's where my customers are, so that's where we advertise. And every every Do you do the ads? Week, do you do ads with them? Yeah, we do ads with them. Mhm. And, and we does that do, work uh, good? Does that work fairly well? Some of them do and some of them don't. It's just, you know, know, hit or miss sometimes I know. and I you know. start learning so that as you have more and more that are right on, when when an ad is working, you just leave it out there. When it's right. not working, <laughs> right. after three right. weeks, yeah. you just bring it down yeah. and you pause it. That's that's the terminology there. Yeah. And, right. Then, right. Uh, and then you put something else up. And sometimes you want to run two side by side. You want to, let, let's just say, use an example of keywords. You might want to use keywords like woman sleuth, um, private detective, uh, investigator, uh, that sort of, of uh, keyword. And yep. you build, let's say, 10, 15 keywords. A lot of people tell you 
to put a lot more out there. But what we found is if if you put too much, it just scatters everything. And again, right, people yeah. are clicking on yeah. things that 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 are misleading, and they want to go right to what they want. So right. 10 to 15 yeah. words is, is good. Some people go up to 50. That's good, too. But anything over 50 is really too much. And then you can build another one, side by side, same book, but um, use others, other keywords like mystery thriller, mystery suspense, uh, things like that, and see which one over a couple of months is getting you better results. Now, this, yeah. of course, is very elementary, what I'm describing. It's a lot more complex behind the scenes. But you can follow them every single morning. My husband goes on and sees how things are, are working. And what works, we leave out there. What doesn't work, as I said, we, get, we pause. And then we come up with something else that hopefully right. will work. And it's, in the beginning, it was a lot of hit and miss. We're getting a little bit better. But even then, even very experienced ones will find that... Um, Sometimes things work and sometimes they don't click at all. So it's just a, a learning process. But um, we take it all very seriously. We look at, uh, you know, everything that we've sold. We look at, um, obviously, all the um, Kindle Unlimited reads because that's where I am probably getting a third of my income from there. And I think that that area is going to continue to grow because it has grown already to that point. Yeah. And uh, we look at, at the numbers of reads, which, you know, are in the thousands. Um, and we just keep clicking away at what we think is working and trying to improve it. And I then do we wish, though, that they would, I do wish that they would not, um, well, you know, uh, the figures that they, you know, if a lot of people go in and look at a book, then that changes it. And, you know, it changes every minute i think or maybe every second they keep changing things you know and i think that people generally look at the numbers and if they don't see that you're in the top like 50 100 or you know i, I think they go oh, it's not a good book that's not true i mean there are correct. millions and millions and millions of books out there now maybe not years ago but now there are so you to get yourself in a really in the category and to get yourself with it in a number that people say, oh, how'd they get there? Some people put themselves in a category that they don't belong in just to get that number. And that doesn't mean the book is good. It just means you are right. they went in and found something that was just unique and then they can be bestsellers. Yes. And that, yes. that's what's difficult because people that are out there, most people, I, I think I got some questions from people, you know, uh, that they wanted to ask you. But, you know, the fact of if most of the readers, I, would, I can't say every reader, but I think a lot of readers, you know, between independent and self-published, independently published or, you know, with the big house, I think readers don't care as much who the publisher is. They want the good story. So I think that people that think if you're not with one of the six top publishers that it, you can't have a career, and that's not true. You can have a very good career in selling books. Yes, you know, I without. have friends that do extremely well, and they are, yes. have never been with a traditional publisher. And they were the yes. ones that when I was with a, a traditional publisher, um, they said, just do it on your own. And um, 
and when and at first I thought, oh no, that's just too risky. And yes, there was a lot of learning, and we're still learning, Marsha. But you well, are so correct that some people I have, um, I have a, a somebody that lives in the neighborhood that we live in, and she reads nothing but New York Times bestsellers, which is fine. I mean, that's her choice. Yeah. But if yeah. someone is not on a New York Times bestseller, she doesn't want to hear about a book. That's now, terrible. I've never it's even not, tried to really, get her to read mine. There's so many because... books out there are good. I mean, there are so mm-hmm. many books that are good. You know, and I think that that's the problem. You know, and the other problem, which I've discussed many times before, if a person wrote a book three years ago, does not mean that book is not good. So uh, the the thought is when you, you know, years ago people went to the bookstore, they're not going as much, or like Barnes & Noble, they had all these books in the, you know, in the front, they were in the window, and, you know, people had to pay to get there. And, you know, they would just refer books. That. People pay. Yeah, and they would say, well, you know, that's not a new book, so that's it. But this is so wrong, and so I keep saying this on a lot of shows. It doesn't matter if a book is 10 years old. It's a good story. It doesn't matter. And I think people are changing a little now because because people have been home, a lot of people are watching old series, old movies, and things that they normally wouldn't have watched and saying, oh, this is a pretty good movie, and it may be 20 years old, but it was a good movie. So I think they're going to start probably doing that with books because it doesn't have to be right now. Like today's book, you know, the top ten books. And that's what's unfair out there. And that is sad for a lot of authors. They give up because of that. And so I've always, you know, I was an agent for years, and I just tell people keep writing. And most people don't stay in this if they don't make a lot of money. And you need to stay in because you don't know. You could It could be your tenth book that is the hot book. You don't know. You just got to keep going. You can't stop if you love it. If you if you think you're going to make a fortune, well, then, like you said at the beginning, no, that may not happen. So you're better off leaving this profession because this is hard. It's not easy. I get people calling me all the time, and they say, how do we start and how do we do this? And by the time I'm done talking to them, they go, oh, really? <laughs> I didn't think it was that much work. And then they, then I never hear from them again. You know, I refer them to people because I do not, I don't public, do publishing or I don't do review. I don't do a lot of these things. You know, I have shows and I did a lot of things, but I don't publish. You know, I'm not a publisher. So I think that people, they want to give up fast. And you have to stay in this if you really love it. And don't worry so much about the reviews, you know. And the problem is it's very hard to get reviews. And if some people, if you look, I don't know how they get thousands of reviews. Actually, I do not know that. I still don't know the answer. And no matter how many years, you mentioned something, just you're always learning. No matter how many years I've done this, and I've done this a lot of years, you learn things all the time. Because it's like as we're talking now, something is changing while we're talking. We don't even know what it is but it's changing. That's right. And trends and trends come and go. But uh, yes. going back to the point that you brought out, um, it can cost a lot of money. Uh, people that are New York Times bestsellers, it's because they're selling. They're they're paying a hundred and twenty thousand dollars minimum to get everywhere mm-hmm. that they get to get the advertising. Yes. Well, yep. independent authors are not going to have that kind of money. Period. No. But no. large publishing houses do. So that puts 
very good authors that are independent at a tremendous disadvantage, right? Yeah. You know, yes. As soon yeah. as they start writing, they're at a tremendous disadvantage. But I agree with you, Marcia. It's a it's a game of being persistent and yes. and doing the quality work so that it can compete in a very competitive world. Right, because people used to come up to me and they go like, well, are you still writing? I go, yeah, I'm still writing. <laughs> still writing. <laughs> you know, and they answer, they go, you know, because I think people just think that all of a sudden you write a book and you're going to be number one. It's not going to happen. You know, but if you don't love it, you know, then don't do it. I mean, because you really have to like this, you know. And I obviously just, you, you gave up a, big, a huge career for this. You just took the words out of my mouth. I think most people that stay in this game, we do it because we love it so much that we yeah. keep doing it. And like right. I said, uh, money was not the, the most important aspect of my job. When I left Johnson & Johnson, I left a very good position. Yes. But, and, and I had a wonderful career with them. But I wanted to do what I'm doing now, and I love what I'm doing now. Absolutely love it. I get up every morning. Every morning has different things for me because yep. I might be doing research that day and finding out all these wonderful things, a topic that I may already know a little bit about, but I learn so many more things about it. And it's a topic that obviously if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be researching it. And right. that just gives me such I mean, I'm out of bed and, you know, ready to work because I just love what I'm doing. And if the rest of it happens and falls in place, hey, that's even better. Yes. But I will keep writing because I love what I'm doing. And now, I do you do any book tours? Do you do book tours? I had done some before COVID started, um, some regional ones. And we were quite successful at getting, um, you know, different places that would sponsor us and so on. But um, since COVID, of course, that's been very difficult. Since COVID, and online book tours, do you like the online? Have you done the, uh, the online book tours? The on, you know, I have not done an online book tour. What I have done is a lot of online chats with um, with different groups, and primarily either through a book club or a bookstore, and that works very well. But so far as an actual book tour online, I've never done one. That doesn't mean I don't want to do one. I probably will right. at some point. Yeah. Well, the book tours are, you know, it is a lot of work to do. So, you know, you have to answer a lot of questions and doing things like that, and, you know, it gets around. But, I, you know, I think for a while it wasn't that great, but now I think people are starting to do them again because I think possibly there's no other way for authors to get out there. You know, um, it's very different now. The last two years have been extremely hard on every profession, including authors you know yes. uh there's no profession that i think has not you know i mean some are doing great but i mean there's a, a most people that i've on the show i mean they're at a loss for words ready of what we can do so the, uh, one of the good things to do is keep writing while you because it is going to oh. it's going to get better i mean it is going to get better Marcia, you know we all want to believe it's going right, to get you better know, keep and writing, i think it will writing, keep writing. you know but i think you know um some don't get discouraged now because, you know, it is hard because a lot of writers, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day, you know, a lot of writers went to coffee shops and they don't go to them now. And, you know, you can go to Starbucks now, but they don't have any tables to sit at. So, I mean, you might, you know, so if you have a courier, get home or anything else, 
or a coffee maker, you can make your own Starbucks, you know. But you can't go where a lot of authors did that. I used to go myself and have lunch and just sit there because we like, that's how I would get characters just by watching people and just seeing what they do. But you can't do that a lot now. So I think that writers are suffering that. A lot of them are having to stay home, and they don't really – they used to go to parks. They don't do that a lot as much as they did before. And that, But, you know, you know, I've always been able to write from home, and that was a godsend during COVID, obviously. And, and COVID yeah. continues. <laughs> obviously, I mean, I, yes, that is. Some people cannot. And it has been uh, – it has just saved me. And then the other thing is doing the uh, – Groups that I had done book club talks to before COVID have invited me to to do a Zoom conference with them or a Zoom talk, and so I did quite a few of them. Uh, one good. time up in Angel Fire, we were in the middle of of one. I was in the middle of one, and the power went off, and yeah. that was of course a real problem because of course you're giving a presentation and suddenly. <laughs> Well, but look at on TV. When you see on TV, there's a lot of people that they lose. They lose them on any of the TV shows, any of the live ones. They lose the the, the feed. You know, that's it. You know, they they drop. But that's what's happened. Yes. That's that is a problem. That because you don't know if that's going to happen. And so that happen. was that to me was because I like to be very professional about everything that I do, and it uh, it was just devastating. But but it's really uh, you not know, your fault. It's just uh, what happens now. It just that like I mean people now are used that, to that. I remember when I started doing shows 12 years ago, or I think it's 12, 13, well, it's actually four, probably 14 with um, Red River. But every time I did a show, I was hoping that, you know, that I'm on the computer and we have the guests on the line, and we there was a lot more issues. Now, you know, and I would say, is this going to go? You know, and it was, it was always a fear. And usually for me, the first five minutes, it's still after hundreds and hundreds of shows i hate the first five minutes but you know as time go on you get used to it and people you know when i first started learning i thought oh the woman that had me on the show first i liked her attitude because she was just you know whatever happened happened like if she was actually from texas and like for dog bark she goes oh there's my dog there's somebody at the door i'm thinking mm, this is pretty good though she's so relaxed <laughs> you know i'm going like this is great so i modeled myself on just enjoying the broadcast and that's that and not being so worried if I made a mistake or something, because I do not have, like, questions written. I just go for broke. I don't know. That's my personality. That's the way I write, but too. Um, I'm a pantser. You do? Um, Marcia, you do? Okay, I, that's uh, a good thing. Okay. Let's talk I, about that a little. You go you for broke? Okay. Tried, Tell everybody. I've tried to outline. It just doesn't work for me. <laughs> and And then I thought one day, well, why isn't it working for me? Well, I thought back to my high school days, and whenever I had to write a report... I would write the report first, and then I'd write the outline because we were supposed to outline it and hand it in. So I'd hand in these wonderful outlines because I'd taken the outline off the, off the report. And I think that that's the way my mind thinks. It thinks big yeah. picture, and then yeah. I can delve into, into the details. And um, I just write by the seat of my pants, but then I manage yeah. to also I have the discipline to bring a book together and I have the discipline to edit, edit, to edit until together. I get it, it right. And then, I, and then it, it goes to my professional yeah. editor because that is yes. very important. And it's hard. Make sure that what you have out there is good. Yes, and it, you know, because I do have some people that write an outline. I can't, you know, I think it just depends on the person, and I've tried. It doesn't work for me, but I, I am taking some of my screenplays that I wrote that, 
you know, were optioned and I taking them into books. And that is like an outline. But I don't follow it. You know, I change it around a lot. You know, and when I first started doing that, I thought, oh, I was going, you know, just what I had done in the book, in the in the screenplay, and then I went, this doesn't work. So I just took the characters and made a story different than, but it just, that was kind of an outline for me, you know, of the character. I knew what the characters were like, but I just moved them around and did different things with them. So I think, and some people really, they're just very, precise i can't that's just and sometimes that's a problem for me because i then i sometimes you don't know where you really want to begin until you start and like authors will say this maybe this is a good topic like to start out a book you start it one way but by the end of it it may turn differently like you're saying so when you start writing that first paragraph what do you do that's the hardest to get your that thought. is the hardest because you've got to kind of try to um, grab the reader right there, straight out, yes. right, you know, up front, and that's where my latest novel, Miss, Missing in Miami, I um, wrote and rewrote the first few paragraphs until I thought I had it right. But um, it um, it is very difficult to write those. Yep. And what happens is I'll write the entire book and then come back in my edits and redo the beginning. And then yeah. lots of times I will add things. Uh, what I've also done... Because you already know the story. Right, you already know yeah. the story. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. See, I do that. I, uh, when I get to like maybe 75, 80 pages, maybe 100, then I read it all. And then once I get it to where I like those pages, then I move on because I know what I can do and what I can't, and I know more about my characters at that time. Because when you start, you're not really sure about what they're going to do because as writers, we all know, the characters kind of take over. And he, people that don't write don't understand how we all feel because that's true. You, your characters sometimes just don't let you do things that you thought you could do. And they do a better job of directing the story than we do, Marsha. I depend on my characters to take me (laughs) in the right direction all the time. Me too. (laughs) And that particularly happened the dialogue and how they talk and what they say is not you. Yeah. I would like to tell you what happened uh, with Missing in Miami. And I was writing this past summer, um, and... I, for the plot, I needed to move it forward, and so I came up with um, Nikki's in, in Havana, and I thought, I'm just going to create a demonstration. Cuba doesn't have demonstrations, and I'm just going to create a demonstration, uh-huh. and that will, you know, and, and I don't want to give too much away about it, but I needed to, something to move the plot forward. Right. So I wrote it. Ten days later, ten days later, my uh-huh. husband rushes into my office and says, Cuba is having demonstrations all over the island. Oh and and wow. he said, and you wrote it. He said, did you know something about this 10 days ago? I said, of course not. So I got up and we turned the TV on and we watched it. Now, what I did, of course, yep. my demonstration just takes place in, in Havana. I did go back in my edits and I did embellish a point or two because they'd had the demonstration. So I, you know, used that right. fictionally. But very little of it, because I'd already written that scene. And yes. it was just, uh, and, and when those things happen, it, and it's happened to me before, that's the most major 
that, that yes. has happened. But it it just it sweeps me off my feet. I think, you know, there, there's something so magical about writing. And I'm not yes. saying that I foresee the future anything. No, no. No, but, I get but it. But there's right. something... Yeah, there's something magical uh, yes. when the characters tell you what what's needed in a book. That's true. You know, I, I really, I, I do think that, you know, and your characters, I mean, that's like everything. I mean, the characters are everything, so certainly when you're doing a series, you know, and things like that, and it really is everything. And some people are so afraid to put things in, which I was at the beginning, because people thinking, oh, this is me, but it's not me. It's what they do. And sometimes when I'm watching TV and I see a scene of something that I did, it is... Oh, it's very weird that you see that scene that you know you have that in one of your books about what a character. It's it's a really strange feeling to see what you were thinking and they're thinking, and it's very similar. So I guess what yes. they say, you know, sometimes they say the same thoughts come out of a lot of different people, but you just don't know who they are, and they're out there. <laughs> They're and out there. It's you know, the collective unconscious, Marcia. Yes. And that's the fun. See, those are the things that really are fun about writing. The things that we discover. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. And that's, that's what's happening. So I think people, you know, if they if they really want to write, just do it. You can't say, you like they'll say, you can't sit down one day and say, oh, I think I'm just going to write because it doesn't always work out that way. You write and then you rewrite and you write and then you take notes and I'm sure you do the same thing. You have little notes and, you know, ideas and scenes and then you put it somewhere sometime. You don't know when that's going to be, but it'll be there somewhere. Yeah, so I think that's the fun of it. So I think it seems like you're really enjoying this and I'm happy for you. It's a good thing. Oh, I Love it, Marcia. I just love doing what I'm doing. And what's also amazing is my husband loves doing the back office for me. He just gets so enthusiastic about it. That's even better. That's the good thing. Because (laughs) marketing and all of that is really it's a hindrance for a lot of writers. I mean, that is a problem. And, you know, know, they want to do it reasonably. And sometimes reasonably you can't. But then you have to really work at it to do it reasonably because, as you know, the bigger companies, you know, they spend a fortune on it. But they're not doing it as much as they did before for authors. You know, They're and, doing it for less and less, just their top yes. earners. And that's, um, yes. so that's making it uh, a, a more level playing field. Yes. And, you know, so I think, you know, basically writers should write. End of story, right? I mean, just write. Enjoy it and write. Yes. And if you don't like it, rewrite it. Exactly. You know, I'm pretty fussy, so I, I'm bad that way. It, t- it takes me a lot longer than I'd like. I, you know, I used to write faster, but I think, you know, now I'm more thorough than I was before. Because I, had, well, cause I was a screenwriter, so I think when you do scripts, you're not as thorough. You know, be- not, not as thorough. I shouldn't say that. You're not as descript. So... I w- you'd write a scene, you go, okay, house, day, night, whatever, and then you write the scene and you have dialogue. But in a book, you have to do it differently. People want to... You do, you but know, you I would describe think where that you are. Writing, writing screenplays would give you an enormous benefit because you have it in your head. You can yes, see everything. True. You can yes, see, exactly. obviously, like a photograph, you can see the background, you can see the foreground, you can, then that gives you... The, uh, you know, all of the information that you need for your dialogue. I do it see it. Wonderful You're right. Training. I do see it. I'm there. I am there. I yep. see it, and, and I'm saying it. You know, while the the characters are talking, but I'm there too. So you're right. You're right about that. 
That is true. And that did help me a lot because when I yes. started, I wrote like a couple of children's books and I wrote, but I never, when I wrote a screenplay after that, it became easier for me because you're right, I see it. Because I didn't know how to see, I didn't see it before. And some people will say when my reviews, they're seeing it like a movie because I see it like a movie. That's in my mind. But I didn't do that at the beginning. And that is a good thing because you see it all. You know, I see where I am. And that's why it's tiring, though. Aren't you tired after you've written a lot? I am, mentally. Oh, oh absolutely. It is exhausting work. Um, <laughs> right. a, an author's life, while it can be very exciting, is also you have to be very dedicated and you have to, yes. you know, you have, there's so much that you have to do just in the writing. And then when you think about the marketing, then that diminishes the amount of time that you can spend on the writing. Yeah. Now, I'm always pleased when I get fan letters, and these are mostly from people that I don't even know that have bought my book, and, and uh, they send me through my author um, page. They will send me a comment, and I have received so many comments that are wonderful from readers that say, you placed me right on the streets of Barcelona, or you placed See, me right great. in that situation in Mexico, or, you know, and... Um, I never wrote screenplays, but I have worked at creating environments in my, and that's where location comes into play a lot, is to do it in a way that the person that's reading feels they're right there, that they're experiencing that. Right. And there's and every nothing author more likes powerful that. When than you writing have somebody that. say that to you, when you have somebody say that to you, I think people don't realize how much we love that because we love to oh, know. Yeah. Anything about our stories that somebody enjoyed. <laughs> I mean, we do. It's it, it's just if they enjoyed the dog or the cat or whatever anybody puts in their books or the character or they use it, mention the character like it's a real person because to us it is a real person. And um, my mind goes to, and I, I often wonder, which you probably do too, when I'm sitting there, if I'm watching something, I'm thinking of my characters and what they might be doing while I'm watching something. And I wonder what other people, they could actually like relax and just not think of anything else. And, you know, I often say to my husband, you know, are you, you know, when he's watching something, if he's, he's not thinking, he's just watching. I'm thinking, you know, because I don't have downtime when I'm watching a movie because it always brings things to me, what I can use in another story some way. Not what I'm seeing, it just makes me think. Yeah, yes. I don't know what that is, yep. but you know that keeps I me can going. I relate to that. Oh, you can good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So hey, this has been a real, really fun as always. You know, I want you to come on one of these shows. You know, do you do you have special? I know you do have some shows that you like. If you write some of the shows to me, send it to me in an email of the things you like to talk about some of the shows that you watch. You know, because I'm going to okay. plan on doing certain things that maybe I can get a few authors that like. You know, a certain series. You know, Certainly. I don't yeah, know. Like I, I like, I like a lot of different series. I mean, I like Ozark. I, I like. I mean, I like. You know, talk about drug cartels. A lot of these are drug cartels that I watch. You know, Queen of the South. Well, you know, I and, loved uh, Ozark. I thought it was so well acted, and me too. it was as if every time that something terrible happened, I would think, now nothing can get worse than this. And in the next and it breath, it would get worse. I know. Okay, I'm, how about that? When I do a show on Ozark, I'm going to do one on Ozark. I'll, I'll let you know because I, I think you know, I just love when Jason Bateman, when he just stands there and goes, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you're watching him. I mean, he's so interesting when he does that. And you really, you're so, you know, when they when somebody takes a shot out to shoot somebody, you go like, what? I mean, it's like, and you're watching this, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, because you just really don't know. And you just go, oh, and could, and then something bad happens, you know. And you're watching it, and it's like you're. And then, even if somebody's not that good, you're wishing them well, even though they're not great persons. You still don't want them to be, you know, hurt in any way. And it's weird how that is. But That's Jason correct. Bateman, I think he's great in it, and and his wife Laura, oh, they're incredible, you know. And the kids are good, you know. So like, I'm going to have a show on Ozark because I did. You finish the last season. I would love for you to have a show on on Ozark. I really would love Ozark for you is, to have. Okay, a, that will be coming up because I love that, and I think the acting is good. The characters are good in it, and there is so much. Like we did Handmaid's Tale, and I just had watched it during the pandemic, and I people love that show, and it's it's really. I mean, it's really hard to watch some of these shows for a lot of people, but it's so interesting because it's. You know, it just is to me. I watch a lot of different genres, you know, and I watch Hallmark movies too, you know, but, um, you know, and that's completely different <laughs> than, yeah. than Ozark, you know. All right, I'm keeping, I'll, I'll remember that for Ozark. All right, so for you, your new book is coming out in February. Yes, February 23rd for the ebook. It's on sale right now for pre-orders at 99 cents. All people have to do is go into Amazon and type in Missing in Miami, and it should bring them up to the page where they can pre-order for 99 cents, the e-book only, of course. See, and I think it's a great title. Page. It's a great title because people know what it's about. See, I, that, I, yeah. you know, I, in my earlier career, I didn't think that much about that, but now I do. See, because that's what people, like, you get kind of a, what the book is about. Yes. Yes. And that's really and we've important. been very busy with the marketing on it because um and I've written stuff for my blog, you know, why did I write this book and why did I do this or why did I do that and talk about Well, you're really good at communicating with your author with your uh friends of, you know, the the people that love your writing. So I think that's a good yes. thing. And that takes time too though. <laughs> it's everything. It does. It's like, it takes a lot of time. We need like five more hours in the day, I think, and then we might at least catch up. <laughs> we can catch up. All right, and I have your your website. You want to? It's go ahead. You can say it. It's on the show page too. Yes, and I will be updating that website pretty soon. Probably um, starting in February, we'll be updating that because it needs to be refreshed a little bit. But um, it's, you have a lot um, on you know, it. Though. It's good. You, it's yes. a good website. Well, very good. It is. You know, I think it, that matters. You know, people, you know, I don't know how much people go on websites, but they do. But I think they do. Sometimes it, people say they don't. But I think you need it there because that's where after you talk to someone, they look you up. They look you up, and it's like having a calling card. It's the yep, ca- calling it card exactly. of our current world. That's what it is. That's, right. that's a good way to put A lot of people like may not pay business. much attention you don't have to a it. Card. Yeah, like in that's, business. That's if you right. don't have a card to give the people, what would you do? That's what yep. it was. You know, you give us that's right. and that's who you are. And then they put it in a pile. That was years ago. They put a rubber band about it, around it, usually, and keep it. And someday they use it. So that's that's business. And now we're in a new way to do business: internet. There we go. Yes, it is. Right. It's a different world. Yes. 
it is a different world, but we're, we're all living in it. And, you know, and for those out there, wear your mask, get your vaccines, and we can be done with this. And uh, on that note, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. It's always great when you're on. You're, you're filled with information, good information. Thank you. Oh, and likewise, Marsha. Thank you so much. I always and enjoy good luck being with on the your book. program. Good luck. And I, yeah, I'll thank let you know about Ozark. I'll let you know about Ozark. Okay, let me not, know. For I won't sure. forget. Okay. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.